Podcast, where each week we explore the different avenues of the great Disney universe. This week we're only working on half power. Uh, we've got Milford. Hello. And we've got Jessica out in California. Hi, everybody. And I am RJ. This week we're getting around to me yammering on about my trip that happened just about a month ago now from when we're recording. Uh, I went down to Walt Disney World with my family and my parents for the spring break that was up here in Connecticut, which was the week before Easter. So we went from a Friday to Friday because we drive down. So we're trying to avoid the Easter traffic on the way back. So no problems there up and down 95. Nothing exciting about that. (laughs) So I had obviously done fast passes beforehand and kind of let my two older kids who are 10 and 12 take more of the reins as far as what they wanted to do and uh, I have a five-year-old as well so knowing that his he's just under 40 inches so knowing that he was limited as far as roller coasters and things of that nature the stuff that I knew he would like I added the fast passes in being the Fantasyland rides Nemo things of that nature that aren't thrill rides for for him but I kind of let the other two kind of dictate what was going on because been plenty of times my wife and I have have been numerous times without the children and so it's kind of trying to take the backseat approach and letting it kind of be their trip um, since they're getting old enough to kind of know the the lay of the land and how the parks are and and what they enjoy to do most especially during that week because it is a busy week being spring break season we started off our first day at, at Magic Kingdom on a Saturday. And we got into the Magic Kingdom by about 9.30 in that morning. I, I didn't take super-duper notes, which I was talking about before we started recording. But I'm we, we headed towards Pirates, I know. That was where we were headed first. And uh, so my little one really didn't... You know, he heard it. He knows kind of what it's about, and he just wasn't having it. So instead of forcing and dealing with craziness I, I ducked out with him and the rest of my family went on that and I he wanted to go on the magic carpets of Aladdin because that's we walked by that and he saw it and that's what he wanted to do so I took him on that and uh, it wasn't horrible you know it's years ago with the with my other two kids I would have been adamant about like no this is what we're doing now we can go on that later and probably try to avoid it because standing in line for a half hour for, you know, a 45 second ride was just ridiculous. Now, you know, it's just, I have a whole different mindset. I know which we've talked about on here with, with those of us who have kids and have gone with kids and, and how you do the park with, with young children. So I've, I've taken a totally different mindset now instead of, it's kind of more over quality over quantity. Uh, is, is kind of how I look at it now. It, it's you know if we get three rides in for the day and that's it. But the kids are having a lot of fun and and wandering around and looking at stuff and eating ice cream and popcorn all day long. Then so be it because that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember that they hit every attraction or that they, you know, did all the fast passes and then got more fast passes and things of that nature. That's that's you know that's not how they look at it. So. So I know we, we worked our way around the Magic Kingdom in uh, clockwise as best as we could. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember the fast passes we did for that day, and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we had a mine train for later in the evening, and I know we had a one of the other mountains, I believe Thunder, for most of us, and I think I did a, a Buzz Lightyear for the little guy and my parents while the rest of us went on space. I think that was, that was the approach that I took. We were at the Magic Kingdom a few different days, so I know we, we had hit Peter Pan another day. Even though the crowds were were busy, it wasn't out of control, and I, I feel we got a decent amount done each day. Uh, we didn't book a lot of dining because my kids eat like birds, and it's not fun for them to sit and have three-course meals every day, of the, every day of the trip. It's just not their thing, which is fine. I can understand it. Yeah. saves us a little bit of money in the end too you know I'm, I'm fine with most of the quick serve stuff you know I, I can deal with that or like I say you know it's we're on vacation so there was lots of popcorn and lots of Mickey bars and Mickey ice cream sandwiches and whatever <laughs> it's you know do you guys do a dining plan we have never done it with the kids my wife and I had done it years and years ago when it was you know whatever 35 bucks for the day now i know we did talk about that on an earlier episode yeah it's just i it's a lot of food and i think it would we would end up probably wasting because yeah. a lot of the meals what we would do is we would get stuff that the either three of either all three of the kids could share or at least two out of the three would would share some part of the meal so it yeah. was kind of easier that way because they really don't they really don't eat that much sometimes. They're just too worried about getting on to the next thing or, you know, like I said, filling themselves up with fun food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Food. <laughs> exactly. Which I can't argue with. I can't argue with because then it just means I get to have one too. So it's a win for me as well. It's <laughs> a food group, right? <laughs> right? It's a win for me as well. That's right. A food group. A, <laughs> a beer and a, and a Mickey ice cream bar is definitely a food group. <laughs> So we spent the whole day, that whole first day in in Magic Kingdom. We didn't stay for wishes that night because I knew we were going to be back another night for nighttime stuff. Plus, we were tired from driving the night before and stuff like that. So I think we headed back relatively early just to get a good start on the next day and and knowing that we'd be back at Magic Kingdom multiple times. So we headed out of there probably after dinner time or maybe close to dusk. Got back, got all our stuff settled in and and all that rigmarole. And we were staying at the boardwalk. So there's tons of stuff to do there. There's the the magician shows and the juggler and and the uh, streetmosphere entertainment out in the boardwalk, which which my older son ended up watching quite a few nights. And they have like a little green area of grass where kids run around and you know ultimately groups of kids end up playing together you know that don't know each other which I think is great you know I know my son ended up throwing a football around a couple nights with some kids so that's always fun you know they have uh, margarita shacks out there and beer and uh, a little fried food stand that is literally everything fried they have like fried macaroni and cheese bites and hot dogs hamburgers and buffalo wings and all sorts of other stuff so and then you got the ice cream place, which my wife and son waited in line and got one night. The, what is it, Ample Hills Creamery, I believe is what it's called. So that seemed like it was pretty good. So there's ton, there was tons of stuff to do there. So next day was, was Sunday, and we hit uh, MGM. 
So being at Boardwalk, we could just walk over. I believe I did a Toy Story Mania Fast Pass for everybody, which I did not get to go on because I forgot what happened that morning. I ended up being late and either staying back with the little guy just because he was sleeping or whatever the deal was, but I ended up missing the Fast Pass. And then I think I had gotten one later for my son and I for Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, none of them are have shown interest in doing the tower yet, which is fine, because I really can't go on that anymore without it ruining me. <laughs> so, avoided that one. And uh, we kind of pretty much... We did that park in about half a day. We, we had had fast passes for star tours in the afternoon but I ended up canceling them and and we ended up going standby or I tried to move them up because then the kids wanted to really wanted to go in the pool and I knew our plan was for that day we were gonna we were splitting it since it was the studios and there really isn't anything to do full day we wanted to see the Star Wars fireworks so we were gonna do everything we needed to do in the morning and get out of there after lunchtime and go back so the kids can do the pool and hang out at the resort and then we were going to head back after somewhat of a dinner and maybe do a few more things in the park and then just get set up for the Star Wars fireworks I don't remember exactly what time whatever it was we went back in the afternoon hung out at the pool for a couple hours kids did what they had to do and it was a cooler day so it wasn't exactly optimal pool weather because when you got out and that wind blew it was kind of chilly but <laughs> the kids really didn't care so we did that and then we went headed back over for the fireworks and kind of staged out a spot for that and then I think my wife and them they did star tours that's what I did I switched to fast pass for later on for maybe six o'clock or something like that I got something for those who wanted to do do that ride so then my wife and, and the older two went and did star tours where we got our spot for for the fireworks so the little guy ended up not making it through the fireworks, so my wife and I had seen it before, so she ended up walking back with with the little guy, and the rest of us stayed and watched it. My parents hadn't seen it before, and neither my other kids, so we stayed and watched it. And Where was your spot? We were just to the left of the Chinese theater, kind of back, right along where they had a walkway, kind of right in front of... Uh, where Min and Bills is the the little the dinosaur shaped quick eatery place. Uh huh. You weren't front and center, but you could still see pre you could see everything. Really, there was nothing nothing in oh, our way, awesome. so it was good. We're standing next to another couple who had small children as well, and they his kids stood on their strollers and watched, and it was no big deal because there was nobody in front of us because the walkway was right in front of us. Oh, yeah, so it was so really nice. actually, nice. and there was a, if you wanted to, you could have leaned on the fence or on the planter behind us. So it was really, really good. I, and I just, I forgot how awesome that show is. It's so well done. It really, really is well done. So and the kids loved it. It was great. So, and then, you know, the nice thing about staying at the boardwalk is you don't have to, you don't have to wait for anything. You just walk out and you walk back. I mean, it's a little bit more of a walk than from Epcot to there, but it's not terrible. It's not really terrible at all. It doesn't bother me at all. So that's a nice part about staying at that resort. Or or the Yacht and Beach Club is you're in the same uh, situation. They're all connected by walking paths there. I think my parents ended up taking taking one of the friendship boats back because they were shot. And my mother was 
in a wheelchair this trip because she had just had some foot surgery done that was taking its sweet old time healing, so she was in a walking boot. She could walk fine, but it would have not helped her healing process, so. <laughs> so we had a stroller and a wheelchair, which was fun. <laughs> Plenty of things to hang bags on is what they were good for. So that was the second day, so then the next day we went back to Magic Kingdom. We didn't really hit any early mornings. Magic Kingdom was open at 7 all week because of spring break, but we never, we didn't, just, it's not worth it with the kids trying to get them up at 6 in the morning to get on a bus for, to get in there at 7 o'clock in the morning. There's nothing that we needed to run and do that early in the morning. I mean, we took advantage of the fast passes for the, for the major things we wanted to do and the other stuff we wanted to do, we just, we waited, you know, you know, some of the lines for the popular things were long, but I'd say for the stuff we wanted to go on, we never waited more than maybe a half hour, 40 minutes earlier in the day. As the afternoon wore on, stuff got, you know, an hour, hour and better for all the mountains. And Peter Pan, obviously, Jungle Cruise was up always near around an hour. But we did what we, what we could do without everybody having mental breakdowns. And we just, you know, wandered and just took it all in. So, and... I'll have to say, I know this this was our first time going with the new security setup at the at the Magic Kingdom, which I thought was fantastic how they had it set up. It was so if you were coming in on a bus or the ferry, they had now people who have been to the Magic Kingdom prior to this, you know how it was set up. They had you walked in through the center, like the, where the monorail came in, and the ferry boat was letting off, and the buses everybody came into one area and then you split right or left and there was maybe six security tables with a, a person on taking care of each side so maybe there was 12 lanes but it's only six security guards so now what they did is i think I, I didn't count but if i had to guess there was at least 12 security tables that for bus people getting off the bus and the ferry only so you came in and right kind of where the those bricks that you used to be able to buy, where all the gray ones are, before you even got under the monorail, that's where they had the new security set up. So much further back than the turnstiles. So it left that area not to be crazy congested, which was awesome. Monorail guests, before they get on the monorail at whichever hotel, be it the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary, they get screened before they even get on the monorail. So when they get off at the Magic Kingdom, they go walk down the ramp and right into the turnstiles like it used to be many, many years ago. So you don't have that big funnel congestion in the middle, which is which was awesome. I tell you, I had no problems. And like I said before, we went through with a stroller and a wheelchair every day. I think it was a brilliant move on their part, and I I, I think it's just great. It just opens everything up, and, and then the turnstiles are the turnstiles. They still have their issues there with Magic Band's not working, and cast members having to raise their hand, and having a manager come over, and so on and so forth. So that that is what it is. I, I think most of that is just for crowd control, so everybody's not bum-rushing the gates and entering 15 at a time through each lane. So it is what it is. Yeah, from what I've seen on social media, it seems like that's kind of a unanimous thumbs up for the new security setup. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could see, the only downside I can see to it is is at the resorts. Because, like, the Polynesian, like, those, the Polynesian and the, actually, all three of them, the, the monorail platforms are not huge. 
they're not made for the same amount of people that are coming in and out of the Magic Kingdom all at one time. So, yeah. I have to say, and if you get a security guard who is one of those guys who is thorough, looking for through every single thing for whatever reasons, like, I get it, they gotta do their job, but some guys just, and there's just one guy, when we were leaving the Polynesian the day we visited there, I mean, he literally looked through every single, and, and not in a quick manner, took his sweet old time. And it was very annoying, because you're holding up the whole line. <laughs> so that's the only time I can see that it's that people might get aggravated. So like in the morning, if, if all resort guests are trying to get there for early openings, and you've got one lane and only two security guards, and you got, you know, 100 people trying to get on a monorail early, that's the only time I can see it kind of getting maybe annoying or maybe... You know, getting a little aggravated because it's taking too long. But then again, I don't know. I haven't been in that yeah. situation. But like I said, I just we just happened to get a guy who just happened to be a guy. <laughs> I don't. I've been there. I know so, the feeling. <laughs> but like I said, I don't mind the security. I'm not trying to knock it, saying that I don't want them to not search my bags. I just, and I'm not the I'm not the easy person either. I had a pocket knife with me. I have a chain on my wallet. So I had the routine. I mean, you got to take your phone out of your pocket, your keys, and anything metal. So, but it, when I'm waiting back in line, pushing the stroller, or if my wife had the stroller, you can help it along too. And even I told my kids, they both carried backpacks the whole trip. I said, before you get up there, off your back, unzip all the things, plop it on the table. This way, it's it's done. It's it's ready to go. It's amazing the amount of people who just can't figure that out, who just come through there and they're just so like scatterbrained and just like disorganized it's amazing so you know stroller he looks under the stroller i have all my pockets open my my knife my phone and my wallet with the chain is all in my hand i throw it in the little dish like they do at the airport through the thing boom 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 and you're good had no issues at all in that respect so you know you can help them along too by being prepared people that are walking up in line so that was a good day. I think we did... Let's see, that was the Monday. So we spent most of the morning in the Magic Kingdom. I think I did Fast Passes. I think we did F Peter Pan and Jungle Cruise that day. And probably one of the mountains again. I'm not sure which one. Uh, the only one we didn't hit this trip was Splash, which is one of my favorites, but it just, you know, just didn't work in. You know, everybody didn't want to do it. I didn't get a Fast Pass for it and didn't feel like waiting, so... So we didn't. End, we, that was the only mountain we didn't end up doing. I will have to say, my my little guy loved the mine train. He loved, loved, loved it, which was great, which was awesome for us. We, we were really glad he did, and I just I was sad that we couldn't get it on it again. I had said it multiple times he wanted to ride the the seven D mine train again. So I know he's definitely been looking, and he's been asking almost twice a week since then when can we go back to Disney World so I can ride the mine train which is just you know brings tears to my eyes because I'm like oh good I'm turning another one <laughs> just give him a YouTube ride through video and have him back I should, him over <laughs> I should I should put a link to it on his on his tablet or something yeah it's yeah, it's just amazing because at that age because it's when they just kind of figure stuff out and when they're really taking stuff in and he didn't remember anything from the last time he was there, which I was, I think, two years before this or two and a half years, which I didn't expect him to. But you never know with kids sometimes what they visually remember, you know, being something as 
like Small World, which has so much stuff going on, a slow-moving ride that you can take everything in. It's not like, you know, Peter Pan is a, is a classic ride, and it's rememberable, but it's quick. So you really don't have time to to look and take it all in. But, I mean, he loved everything. You know, there, there was things he fought us on he didn't want to do, he didn't want to do, but then once he would get on there and do it, he ended up did riding Pirates another time. Because we're like, no, 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 you like it, it's fine, it's not a big deal, don't, you know. And once he got it out of his system for a few minutes of whining and complaining, he never went to full temper tantrum. And then he was good, he got on the ride, he liked it, sat on my lap or my wife's lap and, you know, held his hand to reassure him that everything was okay, and then he was good. Went through Haunted Mansion, I held him in the stretching room and just talked him through it and, you know, without annoying other guests, he didn't explode into tears. And once we got on the ride, he was cool, asking questions and... So, you know, Great yeah, man. well, you know, got to get him used to it somehow. Wasn't going to not do things because he didn't want to do it. <laughs> we did that with my oldest when he was that age because he was just, <laughs> just not well behaved that trip. <laughs> but so that Monday night we had reservations for the Hoopty Doo review, which I love. And I know I've said it on here many a times. So we went, we had, my father had booked for the early show, which is a six o'clock, I believe. So we headed over to Fort Wilderness on the ferry and checked in, hung around there for a little bit and went in and sat for the show. Now, I, you know, I, I don't remember what the pricing is for the tiers, but it's, it's a tiered setup for how your seating is and, obvi- and obviously like price range. So I know... All the dinner shows on property are follow this same format. The, the luau at the Polynesian and the backyard barbecue, which is also at Fort Wilderness. But I have to say, this one I think by far is is the best. You get you 100% get your money's worth. Besides the fact that it's all you can eat, and then alcohol is included, so it's red or white wine. Uh, they have sangria that they now put in the mix and beer. And the beer choices were Yingling or Bud Light, and it's and it's all you can eat and drink. I mean, they keep bringing it to you, you know. But the first round of food is more than enough food for most normal people. <laughs> but you know, if you just want more cornbread, they'll give you more cornbread. So my father got in a tier one reservation. We were one set of tables away from the stage, pretty much center. We were to the left of of stage center. We were a party of seven, so bigger table. I tell you, I just, we went, the last time we went all together as a family with my parents, which was two years ago, we we had gotten, went to the show as well. So my kids were all two years younger. The little guy, he was only a, close to three at the time, and he sat and watched the whole thing and loved it. And I'd taken some video clips with my phone at the time, and he watched those things for months afterwards. And he called the show The Funny People because just, it's hysterical. So if, I mean, it's a long, it's, I think it's one of the longest running shows on Disney property. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole history on it. If you, if you do want to know the history of the show, it is a really, it's a really cool history how it started and how it's come to be. And I will just refer you to go to the WDW Radio podcast, which is Lou Mangello's podcast, and look up the episode where he did a whole episode on the on the Hoopty Doo review and how it came about and how it is what it is today. The long and the short of it is there was a nature presentation they used to do there. Not in the current Pineal Hall where it was. I think it's in in an out. There was an outdoor area that was just like a covered stage and then seats. And it was a guy going up there just speaking about animals and wildlife and 
from what I heard, the most boring thing in the world, and it didn't last very long. So there was a group of college kids that they got in there just as a temporary thing to, to fill the void till they knew what they wanted to do, and it was a, a, a different version of the Hoop You Do review. As he'll explain on the show, there were some copyright things with the original song, but the skit to this day I think pretty much remains the same. And it was such a hit that it's pretty much been going strong as it was in from the mid-70s until until now. Uh, and they built the permanent Pioneer Hall s- structure, I think, and closed it in and made it a dinner show and, and so on and so forth. But I recommend it to anybody who enjoys these dinner shows because it's goofy and it's campy, no doubt. It's it's pure Disney comedy, and it's. but I tell you what, these actors that they have performers not even actors these performers that they have are phenomenal i mean they just they do this too they do two shows a night and there is a rotating cast it's not the same people that do it all the time i think there's maybe two of each character to six characters in the show and i tell you i've seen so between the last year the last time we saw it and this time there was i think three out of the six were the same so we had some different ones it really doesn't matter who's playing the part. They all do an awesome job. And and you can tell they love it because it seems like, besides the, the lines that, are the, that they memorize and they do it, it's sometimes it seems like each one may put their own spin on some of it and there may be some ad-libbing. And you can always tell when they catch each other off because it's nice. <laughs> and that's the stuff that I love to see because then they'll, you know, one of them will lose it for a second and they'll have to, like, compose themselves. You can, you know, they'll either put their the women will put like their dress over their face or something like that or one of the guys will turn around pretending he's coughing or something but you know they're trying to you know something that one of the other guys said that's not in the skit or in the script you know sets them off so it's it just makes it for it makes for every show to be unique I mean you know once you've seen it once you know what the show is you know what it's all about so the other great part of any Disney show is most of them do there's audience participation and this one, it doesn't disappoint. So when they first, when when you first get there, they there's cornbread on the table and butter, and you can help yourself to that. And then the, the performers come out and they introduce themselves, and they kind of just get everybody going and clapping. They introduce the two fellows who play for the band. It's one fellow playing banjo, another fellow playing piano, and there's some percussion instruments thrown in as well. And they do the music for the whole entire show, and those guys are fantastic as well all six walk out in the audience and they pick certain tables and they ask where people are from and they make up a little funny to try to rhyme something with the state or the city that the people give so that's always funny to hear what they come up with and then they use and then they'll go around and ask if there's either any birthdays or anniversaries and then they'll go around and they'll make the person stand up and they'll say person will say their name and how old they are so my daughter's birthday was april 6th which was the day before we left or two days before we left so close enough for us she wore her birthday button the whole trip she had it on that night so she stood up and said her name and she was 10 years old so happy birthday and everything else so then my father stands up after that and says that they're having an anniversary now my parents anniversary is in may beginning of may so (laughs) he was three weeks off but i guess he wanted to be part of the show so whatever (laughs) So they're 43 years married, so that's, you know, high numbers always get a lot of applause. So everybody was, you know, excited about that. There was another couple, I think, that was spending their 50th winter anniversary down there, so that gets a lot of applause. So that was all well and good. So then they go on, they do some skits up on stage, and then they, 
then the dinner comes out, they let you eat, and then the main part of the show starts. So, <laughs> during the main part of the show, there's a skit where two of the actors, Dolly Drew and Six Spitz Slocum, they kind of split the room in half, as usual, whose side is louder, and, and they do little skits back and forth. Well, my father got picked to be part of Dolly Drew's end of the uh, of the skit. So she came out, and she's picking on him, flirting with him, and doing that kind of thing, you know, rubbing his hair, the spotlights on him, and I forgot exactly what she made him do, but he had to say say a couple lines and make like make like a toot toot sound like a like from a choo choo train and it's just it's just hysterical it's just hysterical i it was in tears my stomach was hurt and i was laughing so hard and he was too i mean he he was loving every minute of it too and so he just became her target for the night anytime something something else later in the show she would refer to my father's name as ron and she'd say oh but my man ron is over there and the spotlight would go on him and he'd wave and and whatever (laughs) but then for the final number of the show they do a they do a little skit where they need they pull four people out of the audience so it's usually an elder elder gentleman a a middle-aged guy who's got like a decent physique um a young woman, and then a a little boy. So I'm not going to give away what they do with them because you really need to go see the show to find out. But they become part of the show, and they each have a little skit in in this final scene, and it's and it's really good and it's really really well done. Especially if you get audience members who are really into it and and play their little part, and you know they give them a little stuff to dress up as, and they get I think they take a picture with them at the end and and things like that. So to me, it's totally worth the money. It's totally worth the money. Even if you don't spend whatever it is for the tier one to sit in front, there's really not a bad seat in the house. There's an upper balcony where they have a bunch of tables too, and, and you know, the room is, is quite large. So for all you can eat food, alcohol included, which never happens anywhere in Disney World, it is, out of the three dinner shows, it is by far the best one. I, I, you know, I can't recommend it enough. It's probably going to be something that we do as a family every trip because I just I enjoy it so much I really really do Um, my wife thinks I'm insane most of the time because I'm just laughing so loud and so hard the whole time because it's just I just that's that kind of slapstick comedy just and just really gets me so I, I don't know Jessica do they have any any dinner shows out in Disneyland I know they don't have anything in the resorts but is there anything in the park that they do similar to that out there I was trying to think, uh, they have something at the Golden Horseshoe called the Golden Horseshoe Review, but it's That's definitely right. not on the level that you're describing. It's more just live music while you're eating and a little bit of joking. Right. But other than that, there's really nothing. There there are dining packages for shows, but right, right. that's the only live while you're eating that I can think of. Aside from... Like in New Orleans Square, there's a band that plays, or in Paradise Pier, there'll be bands that play while you eat, but the closest to a show would be the Golden Horseshoe. Gotcha. Yeah, because then the Magic Kingdom here used to have the Diamond Horseshoe Review, which was similar. Yeah, yeah. It was was a little more adult. I mean, not, you know, it it wasn't as slapsticky, but they had, like, the the girls came out like the can-can dancers with the fancy dresses and they did that whole routine and, and things that I yeah, remember. Yeah, like the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's almost the same show. 
And they don't and that's do it. Not there anymore in the Magic Kingdom. It hasn't been there in a long time, and I really don't know why. Because that I remember seeing, and my father really enjoyed that show. Because I remember going a few times when we were younger to that, and then it became kind of seasonal. Then they changed it to something else. And I think now the only time they open the doors to that place is during either the Halloween party or the Christmas party because they do like dance parties in there. So That's too bad. It is. It's a sh- I really don't know the reasoning. Probably because people just didn't want to pay for it anymore or it just became unpopular. But I mean, the Hoopty Doo sells out every show. Yeah. It's, it's just a full house. Yeah, the Golden Horseshoe is free. People just kind of go in and out, but the, the Diamond one wasn't. Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. I think it was a, a oh. reservation type. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was first come, first serve. I honestly don't remember. I'd have to ask my father. I'm sure some, maybe one of our listeners will. When this when this airs, we'll uh, tweet it out to us or something. I, I mean, I can certainly look it up after. But I, I think I, it was first come first serve because I think they only served ice cream and sandwiches in there. I don't think they. It wasn't a big sit down, at least from what I remember back to '98. Not now before that, it might have been something more than that. But yeah, maybe I'm thinking it was just because I was younger and it seemed like I was in there for longer. But I, you may be right, Milford. It may have just been a something like that. I don't know that it was ever a full dinner show, but I'd have to get confirmation on that for sure. That by far was probably one of the highlights of the trip, just because I enjoy it so much. But <laughs> so, so that was a lot of fun. And then, so after that, we kids ran around on the playground for probably about a half hour. After that, that's right near the boat dock at the Fort Wilderness thing, just to get some energy out. And then we headed back over to Magic Kingdom to just to do a few more things and then get our spot to see wishes for what is going to be what would have been my family's final time being that it's done this week <laughs> this week that we're recording not this week that you people will be hearing it it'll be it'll be uh, already have been done by the time this episode airs but May 11th is the last day for wishes so that was you know bittersweet i guess uh, you know we stood on the bridge that connects from the hub to Tomorrowland, which is where we always used to stand when we first started wish, first started watching watching wishes uh, when I was growing up. So that was kind of cool, kind of like finished where we started type deal. And I don't think it was done intentional. Just we happened to be in Tomorrowland coming from People Mover or whatever we were doing in that area, Barnstormer. I think we'd done a couple times. Which which the little guy loved, which everybody loves the barnstormer. I mean, it's just a funny little 30-second ride. So it just kind of happened to be we were walking into the hub, and we are like, hey, you know what? You know, we, we had missed the projection show, which was fine, and there was no parade to wait for. So we are like, ah, let's just, you know, park it here just like old times. So and it was kind of nice. A lot of memories, and, you know, it's sad to see it go, but I'm excited for what's coming next. Lucky, uh be able to get to see that uh, probably in September when we go even though I don't think anybody's going to the Magic Kingdom but maybe we can uh, sneak there the last night or something Milford <laughs> does none of our travels during that take us to the Magic Kingdom I guess I don't believe oh so. I guess we're watching the fireworks maybe from the top of the world yes I think we talked about that but I think that's trying to be the plan I think we're yeah. mostly in Hollywood Studios and Epcot Yes, which is fine. Yeah, so that rounded out that day, which was a great day, yeah. So, you know, wishes ended, and we moseyed our way out. Uh, The next day was the day I was looking forward to, which was 
Epcot Day. Oh, wait a minute. All right, well, I missed something, so I'm not going to harp back. But the day we went to MGM, we did go back for the pool, but then also in between, we went or we walked over to Epcot. And that's what we did. We went back to the pool for a little bit, and then we walked over to Epcot because I was like, staying at the boardwalk, you're going in through the back entrance. So I can't say how secure. I don't think they changed the security at the front entrance of Epcot. I really don't know. We didn't go through that way. Uh, also, I didn't get a chance. I used the we used the AP annual pass holder line, which they did at the International Gateway. There's only two entrances anyway. Uh, I mean, lanes to get in, but they did have an AP entrance off to the side. So we did use that. That's always nice. I mean, nobody was in line for that one there. Uh, the Magic Kingdom, we used it one day because it was shorter than the rest of the lines. And then the other day, the, it, the line was actually longer than the rest of the lines. So I didn't bother with it there. So yeah, we hit Epcot that that second day. Just um, I just wanted to get like a, a lay of the land for some of the food booths, and I know the little guy. I had explained to him that there was playgrounds and such to for him to run around on, which he was all about, and the butterfly house and things of that nature. So we did that for a couple hours, and then we took the friendship boat from the studios to Epcot. I mean, I'm sorry, from Epcot over to the studios to watch the Star Wars fireworks, which honestly, that's the first time I'd ever taken that boat from park to park. Just not something we usually did. It was just just a walk. So that was kind of cool, just because it was a mode of transportation I hadn't done. Epcot Day was awesome. My wife and my son went over there early. Uh, my daughter had kind of started not to feel good, so some of the mornings just kind of hung back with her and the little guy just until she felt better to, to get up and get going between allergies and then she was just coming down with a we were all sick before the trip with flu and everything else the whole rest of my house so unfortunately for her she started getting it towards the tail end of the trip so until like the medication kicked in and she was you know not all foggy headed uh, we kind of hung back at the room so we had missed our test track fast passes I had set for that morning oh no we didn't set fast passes I'm sorry because you can only because Epcot since it's tiered because otherwise nobody would go on anything except the big three I had to pick Frozen because the kids had not seen it. My wife and I had been on it in September, but the kids or my parents had not been on Frozen yet, so that was the one I had to get first. But it wasn't until like 5.30 or 6 o'clock at night. My wife and my son went there early, and they rode Test Track. I think they did it two or three times. They went on first together, and then I think my son went, and then they went in the single rider line for the second time around. And then I think my son went back in by himself for a third time in the single rider line which is you know good on him being brave I mean he's just he's 12 um you know good I'm glad they, they let him go so he had fun that was great he got that out of his system and, and that's that's fantastic and so we had went by the time I we I got there with my son and daughter we met everybody in the land and it wasn't too bad so we went and waited in line for Soren which was only about a half hour, but I don't think it even took that long. So the three of us went on. My son, we tried to get him on the little guy. He was like, you could have slid a piece of paper, if even, between the top of his head and the thing, and the lady just wouldn't let him go. So I was like, ah. So my wife stayed off with him on that one. We did the rider swap. She took him on the Living with the Land, and then they went and watched the uh, Lion King movie just to kill some more time. So then... I got out with the other two, she took them in, or just my son wanted to go back, my daughter didn't, cause, just because she wasn't feeling great. 
So then I took the two of them and we went on the Living with the Land, which I still love that attraction. I really, really do. It's just a good attraction, even though it's all automated with the narration instead of, man, it used to be, you know, a, a cast member on the boat, you know, speaking to you about it. But I still do enjoy it. Oh, that. really? Yeah, when that I first opened, that. yeah, up until about the mid-90s, there was a cast member that would... <laughs> they slowly phased it out. There was a cast member that used to do the whole narration from the beginning when he first got in through all the scenery and, and the little movie slides and and stuff, and then obviously in the greenhouse. Then they phased it out to where it was just a narration in the beginning part of the ride, and when you got to the greenhouse, then the cast member would start speaking, and then eventually they got rid of the cast member altogether. Yeah, right after the Millennium Celebration, they got rid of the cast member completely. That's right, yeah, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I really liked that ride, too. I went on it a bunch of times. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's very simplistic. There's nothing crazy about it. It's just, I just enjoy it. It's just really, really good. It's one of the last untouched, other than the narration, original Epcot attractions. So maybe that's why I have such a big love for it. But we did that, and I think we grabbed something to eat in Sunshine Seasons. And then we did Nemo, which we were deceived by the line and ended up being in there for over an hour waiting for that, which something I, something had to have gone terribly wrong with the attraction because Disney's posted time was like 35 minutes or something like that, which I'm fine. Like I've said on here before, I'm fine with waiting that long. My two youngest wanted to do it. The old, my oldest could have cared less. We we're like, oh, we're all going in together. It's air conditioned inside. Let's go. Uh, but something had to have gone wrong because it ended up being over an hour. And even the user interface apps that I use, which is mainly the Touring Plans app, which is usually spot on because it's user, people are live timing their wait times and then submitting them to the app. And that's how it averages out. I I use it a ton of times when I'm there. I usually time anything, time I'm waiting standby. I always time it and, and submit it. And it just, it's fun. And it's it's always more accurate than Disney's times because... Disney will bump up the times on the more popular attractions by 15 or 20 minutes sometimes just to get people to go to other areas of the park, which makes sense. But, you know, for people who look at that stuff and are like, holy moly, this is, you know, why is this all of a sudden so, you know, the park just opens and sometimes the ride's already 35 minutes. And like, it's ridiculous. And you walk on it and it's you're only walking in for five minutes. You're like, why is, I don't understand that. So that's kind of... That's what I think their reasoning is. Nothing's ever been confirmed, but that's how I view it. So, anyway, Nemo was a big, uh, giant chunk of time that just took way, way too long to for that attraction. And then hung around in Seabase Alpha for a while, and you know they like looking at all the different fish and the sea turtles and climbing in and out of Bruce and and things like that. Um, that was about it for that side. And I think we went up and did like Spaceship Earth and. Walked around through interventions. I think we had lunch and just watched the fountain for a while. And it's the first trip in a long time. I didn't get to see my jammeters, which I was bummed about, but it just didn't work out when we were over there. I love those guys being a drummer myself, but whatever. I have so many videos of them. I can uh, I can look at it at any time. Then we headed over to towards World Showcase. Most people say it's not fun for for kids, but it all depends on how you view it. So what Disney has done, which is genius for all these festivals now, they do uh, definitely in the springtime because it's in conjunction with Easter and spring and everything else, they do what's called the Easter egg hunt. So in each country, so there's 11, there's 12 eggs 
that they hide, that are painted character eggs that they hide in all the pavilions and also in the little outpost. So there's 12. And you buy a map for five bucks from either one of those two shops at the uh, entrance to World Showcase in the promenade there or from the shop where the international gateway comes in. So in the premises, you get this map, you get a little page of stickers with all the character eggs on it and you walk through world showcase you find the eggs you put a sticker on the map you bring the map back to the shop and you get to pick out a little plastic egg that is that comes apart you can put little trinkets in or whatever and it's in there's mickey mini chipdale uh, there was a stitch one that was i guess highly sought after that was limited edition that i guess they only made like a thousand of that probably sold out the first day you know, it's a lot of fun because it keeps the kids interested and they want to go and see all the countries because they want to find all the eggs. And some of them are right out in the open and some of them you have to go into the shops to look for. And so that was a lot of fun. It took us, we went back later in the week to Epcot again and they finished off that time. We got about three quarters of it done that first night um, before Illuminations was going to start. And none of my kids or my wife are giant Illuminations fans, so... Uh, it was just ended up being me and my parents watching that show. My wife very nicely took the all three children, walked back to the resort, and got them all tucked into bed, which I was extremely thankful for uh, because she knows I love that show as well. So that was awesome. I stuffed my face with multiple things from the Flower and Garden kiosks. Uh, I'm not going to go over every single thing I ate. I'm just going to hit a few of the high points. I can tell you the Mexico booth never... Always ceases to be seems to be my favorite uh, with with the things that they have. I can tell you right now they they had a great beer there. <laughs> it's well, it's just a Pacifico beer, which is just like a regular, you know, like a Miller Lite or a Dos Equis. There's nothing super fancy about it. But what they were doing was, uh, and it wasn't for extra money. It was part of the thing. So if you didn't get it, you were wasting the money. They had. Either you could get a shot, a floater of, I'm trying to flip through my book to look for it now. You can get either a floater of ginger or pomegranate in the draft beer. So what they would do is they had like a little syrup and they would pour it in the cup and then they would fill it up with the beer. So I got it with the ginger. I'm not a big pomegranate fan. And ginger I like because ginger beer, dark and stormies, awesome drink. I tell you what, I probably had... I don't know, more than I should have. <laughs> but the people would recognize me when I came up because I kept going back, even if I had to walk halfway around the world to get it because it was just so... It made, it just refreshed it that much more, especially because it was hot out. So Mexico booth had some great stuff. There wasn't too much that I didn't... You know, I didn't try everything from every booth. I, I probably got three-quarters of the stuff. Uh, you know, at least tried one thing between me and my wife and... You know, I, I didn't have anything that I was super disappointed about. The, it seems like the America booth is is the one that always has the, the least, fantastic things, and you know they had a, they had a pulled pork slider with with a cold slaw that I got this time. That was actually very good. But I remember food and wine last year when I was there. The, whatever I had had was terrible. Um, it just wasn't very good. So. You know, worked my way around that, filled up my little book with stickers and check marks and 
just kept, you know, we'd be we'd be walking somewhere, and all of a sudden I would disappear and catch up with the rest of the group. And, oh, I'm gonna try that. So you know, because I knew, and then it's like all of a sudden everybody was like, oh, we're all hungry. I'm like, well, I've been eating my way around, so I'm not hungry. So you know, they went and I think I had lunch in in the America Pavilion or or grabbed something from the China uh, walk up counter. I don't even remember, but all I remember is when it was getting to be dinner time before. We were going to get our spot for Illuminations, which we usually stand in Canada. It seems to be our new spot. And, and I don't quite know why, because there is a tree that blocks our view. But you do get a good... It is a good view of, of the show. And you can see the the low-lying stuff, the fire and the fountains. But then you can see everything in the sky, too. Right by that. Right by the tea cart. Which kind of where you used to head back for the old Millennium Village, for those who remember or saw any of that during that time period so but on our way over there I had stopped in England and got myself a uh, a nice thing of fish and chips and a harp and a bunch of malt vinegar and I there's a nice trash can that's right there that we usually stand right by between the trash can and the water fountains and I ate, I ate on the trash can and watched my show <laughs> and then moseyed nice nice grabbed another beer before the place shut down and walked on back to our resort at boardwalk so that was epcot day that was fantastic the next day was going to be our animal kingdom day but we had an we had an early breakfast which my father's insane but i knew he couldn't get any other times the kids wanted to do ohana but the only time he could get was a 7 30 reservation which is like oh man that's you know so first of all, you're going from resort to resort. So we had a car, we had to drive. So that's good in that respect. Otherwise, you're, you know, I know they're working on something now, some sort of Uber-based uh, resort to resort transportation, but there is nothing in place now. So you're either taking a, a taxi or you're trying to get to a park and then taking a bus over there, which takes forever. I missed this breakfast because uh, my daughter woke up with a fever, so... Everybody, they all went, and then I stayed back with her. And then, after Ohana, we were supposed to, we were going to Animal Kingdom uh, for the day. Uh, and I think the first fast pass I made, which probably was a mistake on my part, and if Adrian was here, I'm sure she would be making fun of me for it. Made a fast, took, I used the fast pass for. First of all, I'd backtrack, and as soon as Rivers of Light came out, I had changed stuff around and gotten a fast pass for that, so we can all see that. So, one was gone for that. I had made one for Expedition Everest for those of us who wanted to ride it, and then I had made one for the Lion King show, because I know my parents really enjoy that, and I know the kid, my kids like it too. And I do as well. But in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have done that, and especially I did it for like the first show of the day, which was like 10.30 or something like that. Or 10 o'clock, whatever the heck it was. Missed breakfast with my... Because my, I was back sick with my daughter. And then... We planned on meeting them at Animal Kingdom for... For the Lion King show. But it just it just didn't work out that way. We got there just as they were kind of loading. And my father was like, oh, just hurry, hurry, hurry. They'll they'll let you in. Just tell them what was going on. I was like, guys, ah, I'm not rushing. I'm not running. It's, it's fine. She just kind of wanted to mosey and walk around the the gardens in the entrance to the park around the tree of life so i said that's fine let's we'll do that and we'll meet them after the show so so that's exactly what we did and she was happy it got her got her going for the day she was taking pictures and we were you know looking at all the signage and just just taking our time which is 
my new favorite thing to do when I'm down there now, just taking my time and just looking at stuff. So that was awesome. And by that time, she was feeling better. Medic, everything had kicked in. Fever stayed away for the rest of the day, and, and we were good. So we did that, you know, went on Everest and did a, did a later safari, almost not quite at dusk, but around dinner time. So that was good. So a lot of good animals. The lion was out. Uh, so that was awesome. We ate at the Yak and Yeti, you know, walk-up thing. You know, sat outside for that. We walked through, just did a lot of relaxing in Animal Kingdom. Uh, didn't do too much, didn't, didn't catch any of the shows, uh, either. It didn't, didn't do Nemo because we did Lion King. We didn't catch Flights of Wonder just because the little guy just wasn't cooperating with stuff like that, so... Um, even though he probably would have enjoyed it when we went in there, just kind of like pick your battles type deal. So we didn't do any of that. And just kind of moseyed around a lot and, and hung around. We did the, like the jungle trek and just took our time through there and the Tiger was out and he was playing and doing stuff. So that was really cool. We walked through the Pagani trail for the, saw the gorillas and the bats and, uh, all those things and just, just took our time and smelled the flowers went over to conservation took the train right over to conservation station and went kids went to the petting zoo we little guy got a just loved looking at um they weren't taking care of any animals in the affection section but all the insects and all the giant spiders he was fascinated the woman was out there with the tarantula talking about the tarantula and he just loved like being like right up there looking at it and just checking it all out which freaked my wife out because she hates those things <laughs> so just uh, good stuff all the way around and then we went and uh, had fast passes for the early showing to rivers of light i went by the uh, thirsty river bar and got myself uh, a beer and uh, we went and sat and watched the show <laughs> i'm trying to think of the right words for rivers of light it was good i, I enjoyed it it was definitely very different I knew it wasn't fireworks, but um, the music was really good. I, I did enjoy the soundtrack of it. I, uh, I, I videoed, it, videoed it, most of it on my phone, just mainly so I could try to watch it again and really try to get more of it in. I know the video doesn't do it justice, though, and plus it, it's, you know, it's a lot of light and, and video screens on missed things like in Phantasmic. Uh, I could see why it was delayed for so long and why they had so many issues with the technology of it just because there was a lot kind of going on. But then again, it was also very simplistic. Like the, the actors and actresses that were on the boats and the barges, you couldn't really see them and what they were doing. Like I knew they were there, but I wasn't really paying attention to them because the giant lotus flowers that were floating around is kind of like the mainstay with the fountains and stuff in them were seemed to be kind of like the focal point of the... Uh, of the show uh it's probably about a 10 to 12 minute show so about the same length as illuminations i i don't know that it's something that i don't think it's something that it's a must do for me and something that i would rush to do again uh, i'd rather spend my time walking through animal kingdom itself because it is simply gorgeous at night and then once pandora opens up then that's just gonna add a whole nother element of of wow factor, I think, um, just the way that that land is going to be at night walking around. Uh, at least that's what I'm hoping. You know, I have, I have no idea. Uh, we've seen pictures and we've heard about it. I know there's been some soft openings, and I think everybody should see it once because just because they've done so much to to get it out there and 
and have kind of I don't even know that they've hyped it up that much. It just doesn't seem like that they've 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 promoted it very much. But it, it is interesting. It's it's not terrible. It's just I I think for as long as it's been delayed and everything that's been talked about it, I was really waiting for it to blow my socks off, and it it definitely did not do that. So take that for what you will. Uh, like I said, I'm not trying to deter anybody from trying it. I think everybody should at least see it once. But I would definitely get a fast pass for it. You can queue up for it. I think the people who are standby, they you enter in over by where the Nemo Theater is, and the standby is over by Everest. It's a they really need to work out the logistics of of the time between shows because that was a cluster F for lack of a better word because you have everybody queuing up for Fast Pass for the new show and that's where the exit is for the show that just got out so it's just and that corridor is very skinny for anybody who knows that there's strollers all over the place because there's nowhere stroller parking for the show so that's another thing that got screwed up with us trying to find our stroller because cast members just kind of stick them kind of wherever so they're not in the way even though there's designated areas so I'm hoping they'll work that stuff out in the future but that that was just that was all really not well thought out that part of it you know maybe having two shows isn't the isn't the best thing I know they're trying to crank it out and get people they just want people to see it and you know I know the park is open late but I, I don't know maybe one showing would be enough you know there's plenty of standing room around the around the lake there that people can watch I think so uh, you know so that was the Animal Kingdom the next day was Thursday which was our last day so we started off at Epcot I had gotten fast passes for Soren for that morning because I wanted to ride it again I believe that's what I did yeah that's what we did we did Frozen in the morning and I did Spaceship Earth again kind of walked around a little bit uh, didn't go and, and finished off when World Showcase opened at 11. We went over there and the kids finished off the last two or three countries that they had to figure and got their little prize. Um, we walked through one of the uh, play areas again, the musical playground area. I, I tried to get a few more, uh, did some more eating. <laughs> and I think we were probably out of there and over to the Magic Kingdom by lunchtime. And then uh, I scored some fast passes for the afternoon. I think we had. Uh, we did Pirates and Haunted Mansion again. I believe I got a fast pass for Jungle Cruise. And uh, the kids wanted to do the Speedway, so we did that. A couple more People Mover rides. Carousel of Progress, all the staples. We did some we did good on the last day. Kind of headed back early just to get a good night's rest. Hung out at the boardwalk. Just hung around there and just uh, you know packed up our stuff and got ready to go the next day so that was it adrian would die with your lack of specific planning <laughs> oh totally totally she's gonna listen to this and i'm gonna hear her my ears are gonna be ringing <laughs> <laughs> i and i would thought of her multiple times while i was doing it. i'm horrible at planning I, I with stuff like that i am because i just i don't know for years we never without the fast pass stuff we just managed fine we did what we wanted to do in the morning, the major stuff, and then we saw how the day went and what we wanted to do. And now it's like, it's just hard because the kids, at, my kids at the age that they're on, they just, you know, they, they want to do the thrill ride thing. And then, and not, not that's all, but, you know, my oldest one, he just, you know, I want to go on Space Mountain, I want to go on Thunder Mountain, and we get off. He's like, all right, can we go on again? I'm like, you can go on as many times as you want if you want to wait in the line. You know, so it's, you know, Fast Pass is a blessing and, 
and a uh, curse all in one. I I believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's. I mean, there's people that that only do what the fast pass allows them to do, and that's it. I mean, we never went and got a fourth because. It was too hard because my parents don't go on any of the roller coasters. They don't really want to. Plus, they would hang with Dominic, the little guy, when, you know, if we were on a roller coaster or I would try to set them up for something else, the three of them, while we were doing the roller coaster. So not everybody always used all their fast passes. So to get the fourth one never really worked. Plus, it was so busy. I mean, most of the things were sold out. Like, the last day I tried to get, which that was the only thing I wish I had done. I should for the, our last day I should have gotten another fast pass for the mine train in case he really loved it which he did. And so that was the only thing I was kind of, I was I, you know I was I was sad about that. I was sad I couldn't get him on there again. The line was just too long. I just wasn't, you know, an hour plus he's not going to wait even with the interactive queue. That's just a lot of time for a 5-year-old to to wait in a line. He might have been okay. He was okay the rest of the week with pretty much anything we did. He really, really was. He was. I was pleasantly surprised on his behavior within the lines. I mean, it was really. I had no complaints about anything. The twelve-year-old was more, <laughs> more of a pain in the ass than the five-year-old. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's it. That was my whirlwind tour of uh, Walt Disney World. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good time by all. And I could tell you, I went in. I went in one shop the whole entire time. <laughs> I went in one store. I got a tank top. That was the only thing I bought. I bought a tank top for myself, my brother, and, and a good friend of ours. Was it a pirate tank top? It was not because they don't have any. It was a, just a. It was a red tank top with, uh, and it was like a Mickey head on it, and Walt Disney World. It was a new design. It's oh, ta- cool. tank tops and sleevelesses are hard to find, and once the weather that gets warm, that that's all I wear. So. Usually, if one of us is down there and, and we find one, uh, we'll we'll get one for everybody. So, and that's where that Sharp Shop Parks app was awesome because my wife found it in Animal Kingdom, uh, but by the time we were leaving that night, the shops had closed up. So, knowing we weren't going back to Animal Kingdom at all, you just pop open that app, and I found the tank top, what it looked like. Oh, let's see, where is it? They had it at the Emporium. They had it at somewhere in Epcot. Perfect. Last day when we were there, went to the Emporium, grabbed it. Beautiful thing. <laughs> so it's a nice deal. Do they have that in California for shopping? The Emporium? Or no, the, the or app. They, oh, so they have a, a Disneyland app that they are they keep expanding on. And to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't have that feature yet. They just added basic stuff like being able to make dining reservations on the app. So Oh, wow. It's still And they don't have Wi-Fi yet. They're testing it right now. So I think right. that that's going to come, but it's not fully in yet. Gotcha. Well, this is a, an entirely separate app. From oh, it the, is. It's a separate app from the My Disney Experience. It's called the. It's called Shop Parks, and basically, oh. you can either search by category and filter it down, or if you're in a shop, like say I was looking for this tank top, I wear a large. Say they only had mediums. Instead of going up to the counter and asking, "Do you have any larges in the back?" or "Can you?" Because f- they they could call and find out. You sk- you scan the the tag like the code it'll bring up the item on in the app and then you can choose a size and it'll show you on the map any other store that no guarantees but to the best of their how their inventory keeps up with it is where they have it that's awesome oh it's ridiculous it's insane 
You it can... also lets you do mail order too. That's right. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's so fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, Disneyland needs that right now because I would use it all the time. Yeah. I'm just loading it up to see if it because I hadn't put it back on my phone yet, but I thought it did Disneyland as well. It. I don't know. I never tried, but I don't think so. But I mean, it's everything. It's any of the resorts, any of the anything. It's ridiculous. This was our first time using those Magic Band twos. 2.0, whatever you want to call it, the second version of it. So, which I didn't notice much difference between other than the, the thing can come out, but you have to unscrew it to take the little center. Oh, you mean out. so you can make a key ring out of it or whatever? Yeah, but that's the other thing. I was, my wife, we were talking about a f- few times down there. I didn't see anything anywhere. Like, I didn't go in any shops. She did, but I don't remember her coming out and saying, hey, they had this cool accessory for, for the Magic Band. So, they made this thing so we could come out and go in a bunch of different stuff but where the hell's all the bunch of different stuff that you could put it in I mean do you have to uh, maybe you have to order it online I really don't know it's not like they had I didn't go in any shops to see it that is so cool I, I would imagine they would have sections of this stuff to you know either like a key ring necklace I don't know what other things they were going to make for it but earring I don't know <laughs> that was so that was pretty cool I, I can't think of anything uh extraordinary that happened you know any super special cast member moments or anything like that the the only thing i think that comes to mind that i did the cast compliment on on twitter was when the day we were in the studios my son was and we meant to bring them we have those fans that you can fill up and you you know they spray the water and it mists yourself so we have them at home and i had every intention of bringing one of them with us for the little guy because i know if he saw them he was going to want to buy one. So we're trying to hold him off from buying one. So my wife bought him like a mini keychain one. And that was good for like a couple hours and then, or for a day. Then the next day, because uh, I'd gotten there late with him to the studios. And so we were waiting by Toy Story Midnight Mania for everybody else to come out of that attraction. And there's a little shop there. And they had these things. They have these things everywhere because it's the, it's a red one that you, and it's got the fan and you blow and everything else. So he really, really wanted it so bad. And so finally, I just gave in to him. I was like, fine, we'll buy the fan. It's just, that's it. <laughs> it's going to make him happy, fine. He had had, from the night before at the Magic Kingdom, one of those light-up swords that they sell waiting for the parades and stuff that has the Mickey head on it. It's like a lightsaber. Him and my daughter bought one. So his was... His was kind of weak, or it wasn't flashing right, or the cast member said, oh, this thing doesn't look good. So he went, and he changed the batteries in it, put fresh batteries in it for him, and the thing was beautiful. Lit up like a Christmas tree, and he was happy. So then he bought the fan, and the fan that we picked didn't work right. So then he went in the back, and he's getting another fan, and just that thing was like... So he was really... (laughs) So he kept... And then while he's doing all this, they have the Toy Story toys that you can play with. So they had a thing of Green Army Man. There's a Buzz, a Woody, a Jesse, a Slinky... And I believe a Zerg. And then they have like a little foam mat area for the kids to play. So him and my daughter were playing with all these toys while this guy was, you know, searching for batteries everywhere to to, uh, to get all these light-up things and fans working for my for the little guy. So that was pretty cool. And then, you know, stickers and stuff you get. Oh, I met, I ended up running into at Epcot a few Twitter friends that I'm friends with, which was awesome. I met the famous Drunk at Disney 
he was there with his wife. Oh, and, that's and cool. Corey. Yeah, so I met him. Didn't get any pictures. I don't know why I did not get any pictures with any of these people, but um, you know, they vouched for me afterwards that I actually did meet meet them. But <laughs> so I met him and his wife and and two other uh, Twitter friends, Disney local Twitter people that I follow. So that was pretty cool, and geeky on my part. So chatted with them for a little bit, and then we went on our merry way. But it was an awesome trip. The fact that uh, you know my little guy keeps asking to, to go back and he wants to ride a Disney bus and he wants to go back to the 7D mine train and he wants to, you know, there's very specific things he remembers that he likes that he wants to go back and do. So that's a, that's a win, I think, on my part. <laughs> I guess with that, we will uh, we'll wrap this episode up. So, hey, with the Shop Parks app, I did do a search on Disneyland merchandise. Uh-huh. And it does come up with Disneyland merchandise. So, as a matter of fact, I forgot to buy an ornament while I was there. So, I just added it to my thing. Now, it doesn't show it on the map at Disneyland. It comes up with Disney World map. But there is Disneyland merchandise in here. And I'll it lets you use your annual and it lets you use your annual pass discount. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I have to look that up. You got to download that mess right now. Yeah. The odd thing is, is I don't have an annual pass, so I'm wondering whose annual pass I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because I'm linked with like nine or ten people that have got annual passes, so. Right, right, right. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that's good to know, though, that it that it reaches out to Disneyland. I mean, I have to say that's the only, speaking of the Parks app and uh, ornaments, that's the only thing I didn't even think about that I would have liked to get my hands on was one of the, the, of course, as for anything, anything new that comes and anything that's leaving, there's always commemorative merchandise. So just like when the Osborne lights were done two years ago, they had t-shirts and all sorts of stuff. And I got a t-shirt saying that, you know, it's it. Uh, I did not get one for the main street electrical parade, which I kind of wish I had probably would have just gotten a pin or something for that. They did have stuff for wishes I don't remember what it looked like. I remember not being wowed by it, which is kind of like, because my wife was looking at the t-shirts, but there was, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was kind of like they just did it to do it because they knew people were going to buy it. Uh, I would have at least gotten the button or the pin. So whatever. It is what it is. They're all, I'm sure they're all, everything's sold out now. And if you want anything, you'll, mm-hmm. have to, you'll have to find it on, with the eBay pirates that are be, you know, jacked up yeah. to the nines, which I will not pay for that. So it is what it is, but I got to see it. I got plenty of video of the shows. That's that. Before we uh, sign off tonight, Milford's just got some information about a local big Disney meet that's happening uh, by him. So I'm going to let him uh, give everybody the information on that for anybody who's listening uh, who lives anywhere near where uh, in the Midwest there. Yeah, so I just posted the video for this to uh, the Diz Explorers podcast page on facebook if you're going to be in the indianapolis area on august 26th uh we're having our 10th anniversary indie disney meet and it's going to be a blast we've doubled the space this year Uh, it's held at the fairgrounds right here in hamilton county in noblesville indiana which is on the northeast side of indy and we got all kinds of stuff all kinds of people coming this year uh yeehaw bob which i don't know how many of you are familiar with him but yes. he does performances at Port Orleans Resort at the River Roost Lounge. We've got Herbie the Love Bug coming. 
of course, you know, our, our favorite people, the, the princesses from Frozen, the uh, 501st Legion, which is oh, nice. a fan group that does Empire and Rebel costuming uh, from Star Wars will actually be here. And there's some of that in the video that I posted. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, they are. So it's a carry-in. Uh, everybody brings food, and, and holy cow, we end up with a ton of it. Everything from savory to sweet. Uh, they usually have a machine set up doing Dole Whips, and we have drawings and things like that. But all the money that we raise goes to uh, Give Kids the World, which is the the little community in Florida where basically... Make-A-Wish takes their kids for kids that are, you know, have come down with cancer and it's their Make-A-Wish to go to Disney World. So so all the money we raise for that goes towards that charity. We're also going to be doing a group podcast from there. There'll be several of us there. I know uh, Mike Relman from Be Our Guest Podcast is going to be there. He started coming last year. So... It'll be a really cool. good time. So if you're in the area, and I'll, I'll be talking about it the next few podcasts up probably even until that weekend. So they have a kid's room with kid's activities, and they always have character meet and greets in there, face painting. They'll have a DJ. At some point, they show a couple movies for the kids, and uh, it's a good time. So come on out. Yeah, so definitely. That that sounds like a great time. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great lineup. That's a great lineup of stuff. Yeah, th- those 501st, I follow those guys on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. They do some phenomenal stuff uh, with you know, kids' hospitals, and I think you can get them to come to parties and co- corporate events and stuff like that, and there's local chapters everywhere. I mean, if I had more free time and the means to make myself a costume of some sort, I would definitely join because there is one in Connecticut. It's it's a few hours away. It's, a, it's upstate from where I am, but... I would definitely join and be, and be active if I could because they do so much awesome stuff. And who the hell doesn't want to dress up like a stormtrooper yeah. or a magna guard or anything? Anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have the we have the Bloodfin Garrison here in Indianapolis, and they have over a thousand members. Yeah, it's it's really 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 great organization. So if you're into Star Wars and you you know enjoy seeing good deeds and good things happening on social media go follow the 501st it's there they're at official 501st on twitter and their facebook and instagram and everywhere else just just a really really great club for sure and who doesn't want to see yeehaw bob i have still yet to see him yeah i haven't either but <laughs> I have i'm yet going to, to get see him. in august so and you know with my kids at the age that they're at it would be a fantastic time for them it just once again, just didn't work out this time. And I honestly just kind of forget about it because it's not something you make a reservation for. You know, you just go yeah, and go early. And it's just, I, I definitely have to get him done, though, before he stops performing because I've I've heard just phenomenal things about it. And I've heard live recordings of it. I've seen videos of it. But y- you got to be there live. I know that for sure. So that's another thing to put on my bucket list, I guess. So with that... We thank you all for listening. That should do it for trip reports for a while. <laughs> Yay! I'm sure everybody's happy about that. But uh, <laughs> I say I think Mel's got a cruise coming up, right? <laughs> oh, but people love the cruises, and people love Melanie. So yeah. her voice is much softer than mine, so it makes it easier on the ear. 
<laughs> I can say that because she's not here to yell at me. <laughs> so, once again, we thank you for listening. We hope uh, you are enjoying us on uh, on Podbean and Google Play, our new formats now. And uh, also, you can find us on the same iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn, as always. You can find us on the internet at thedizexplorers.com and where you can find links there to all our other social media accounts. Join our Facebook group. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Jessica does a fantastic job on keeping tabs of all that for sure. (laughs) And also you can find uh, the links on there to all of us individually if you choose to follow us there. I I can honestly say it's, it's insane. We've been doing this podcast for coming on close to a year. And when I started this podcast with these people, I had under 200 followers. I had 170 or something like that. I have about 613 now. (laughs) And I I can probably attribute most of it to this podcast. And either it's people who have listened or it's other podcast folks that I've become friendly with that you follow. And then it just kind of trickles back and forth. So it's just the whole Disney community is insane. And I tell you what, 99% of it is is Disney related because there's really nothing else I use Twitter for. Maybe a few sports things, but barely. And the and the people on there that are usually the sports people I follow are Disney fans as well too, or somewhat whatever other interest I have. Disney has been the catalyst for getting to know these people and branching out into my other interests, being music, tiki culture, or or anything else. So it it's insane. I mean, I know that's you know how many followers you have aren't isn't you know how how you're rated but it's just it's just funny to see how how this community is is encapsulating i guess is the, i'm not sure if that's the right word but it's just there's just tons of people out there who lo- who enjoy and love disney in in many different ways and just the fact that everybody can uh, come together in one format cuz tw- twitter seems to be the main forum for it uh, versus Facebook uh, and Instagram so uh, just so thank you for everybody who follows along both this podcast and and me on a personal level so it's uh, it's a lot of fun and I do enjoy it and I'm I'm glad for all of you I'm glad that uh, the six of us can put this out uh, pretty much every week and that that people do enjoy listening to it so that's uh, very much appreciated so go out there and follow us join along the fun and uh, we will talk to everybody next week